And um, I, I, I honestly, I came away with more questions than answers when I read the first and second Thessalonians a couple weeks ago. And, and so I kind of just put it on a back burner. I was actually doing some study or research for a sermon. And I went there and, uh, you know, decided that I needed to, to do some more study before I spoke with any um, certainty about any of, any of what I had just read. And uh, so anyway, I put that on the back burner. But then this past week, I was part of a um, group text. Um, it was a good group text. Some group text that you get part of, and they just blow your phone up and but this one was, was a good one, and, and somebody shared a scripture that came from 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and I felt the Lord speak to me in that. Um, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. <clears throat> if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay, because we can read from up here. You can read from the screen. And I'm going to read the whole chapter. Why are you reading the whole chapter? because I want to give it some context. I don't want to just pluck the scriptures out that I like um, and then try to build a doctrine on them. I want to give you the context. And Paul also, at the end of 1 Thessalonians 5, instructs us to read this to all the brothers and sisters. So I'm just taking the words of Paul to heart. <clears throat> now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Anybody ever seen that movie, A Thief in the Night? It's from the 80s. You, from, from 1980s youth groups. Dun, 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 dun. Um, when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begins. And there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things. Dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are all dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. I'm just going to stop right there. That's a place to get happy. We talked about vic victory this morning. We sang about victory this morning. That's a place to get happy. Whether we're dead or alive, when he returns, we get to spend forever with him. Amen. Amen. So encourage, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. That kind of ties, ties in with exactly what we want to do with the um, connect groups. We want to encourage one another. We want to build each other up. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders and in the Lord's work. They, are, they work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And live peacefully, peace, <laughs> peacefully with each other. 
Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. I'm going to read that again. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. We are not as Christians just called to be nice to other Christians. We are called to be nice to everybody. Whether we agree with their lifestyle, whether we agree with their politics, whether we agree with their religion or their religious choices, or their choice to not choose religion. We are called as Christians to be kind to everybody. Everybody. Oh man, I don't know how far to take this. Let's come back to it. Um, never, or I'm sorry, be good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a sacred kiss. I command you in the name of the Lord to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray in these next few moments as we look into it, God, that we would be able to take something from it and apply it to our lives, Lord, that we would become more like you, that we would become better servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is a beautiful passage of Scripture. It's very long. I'm not going to um, take each point and try to preach a sermon to you. That would take entirely too long. I know that you would all be just thrilled to death if I did, but, man, no, not even a smirk from anyone. Not even, not even a chuckle, because you know that if you give me any kind of hope, <laughs> then I will. But I want to pick a few things out of this, this chapter um, that I want to look at. And if you know anything about me, if you know much about me, if you've listened to me preach for very long, you probably could guess that I'm going to spend some time in verse, I believe it's 15. Chris, that, if you can find the 15 through 18 slide, or Crystal's back there too, and put that up. We're going to spend some time there. It starts with, see that no one. That one's missing. All right. Well, I'm going to read it to you. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other. I'm going to pull that verse out and we're going to talk about it. See that no one repays evil for evil. And again, this is something that I harp on all the time. You hear Pastor Walker talk about it all the time. We are called to a higher standard than the world. 
We are called as Christians to a higher way of life. God tells, uh, tells us through Isaiah, my ways are not your ways. And we think of crazy attributes that we give to God and say, well, God's not as kind as we are and as merciful as we are, so that's why his ways are higher than our ways. No, he's more kind. He's more merciful. That's why his ways are higher than our ways. He can get evil done to him and not repay it with evil. We see that in Jesus. Evil was done to him, and he didn't repay it with evil. And that's what we're called to. It's a tough one. Christians, followers of Jesus, don't repay evil for evil. We don't get even, and we don't get revenge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Christian. That's not what it says. Vengeance is mine, saith the offended. That's not what the scripture says. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Jesus told us in Matthew 5, 43, you've heard it said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. We don't repay evil for evil. Not at work, not at home, not at church. You have a higher calling than that. You're called to be a child of God. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 43, which I just read you, he says, be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. by forgiving and loving your enemies. If you want to be a retributive person, a person who holds grudges, a person who doesn't like others, a person who says things like, they are dead to me, you can be. But you can't call yourself a follower of Jesus and be that type of person. I know Christians, I've known Christians who just don't talk to members of the family for years on end. There's never any reconciliation. There's never any... And that's not what Jesus taught us. So if you're going to be that type of person, you can be, but don't pretend to follow Jesus. I like what Paul says there, though. He says, don't let anyone... Repay evil for evil. It's on me to warn you. It's on you to warn me. Hey, I know this happened to you, but keep your head. Stay clear-minded through this. Paul just talked to us a lot about being clear-minded. Hey, I know this just happened to you. Emotions are high. You're upset. Keep your head. And don't repay evil for evil. Remember what the scripture says. It's on each of us. Because Paul knows that in circumstances and in life, things are going to happen to you that are going to get your blood boiling. And you're going to be mad. And you're going to say they mess with the wrong person when they mess with me. They poked the bear. They shouldn't have poked the bear. <laughs> Don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't do something to the Lone Ranger. I don't remember what that was. <laughs> don't pull the mask off the Lone Ranger, and you don't mess around with Jim. Right? 
Jim must not have been a Christian. Or at least he wasn't a follower of Jesus. Because we are not to repay evil with evil. Amen? Why are you preaching about this all the time? Why do you keep pounding it in our heads? I'm going to say it till we get it. And guess when we'll get it? When Jesus comes. <laughs> when he returns. Don't return evil for evil. It's our responsibility to keep each other honest in this. To remind each other that we are called to be better. You help me and I'll help you. Second scripture I want to take out of, out of there is always be joyful. And I know last week Pastor Walker talked a lot about fear and being fearful. And I think he touched a little bit on, on this and we've talked about this before, but Always be joyful. I mean, Paul just says it kind of blatantly there. Just always be joyful. And, you know, there's a difference between joy and happiness. We've talked about that before. Happiness kind of is more what happens to us. You know, happiness is determined by what happens to us. But joy can be found in any circumstance if you have given your love life over to Jesus Christ. And true joy cannot be found outside of Jesus Christ. I'm convinced of that. True joy and joyfulness cannot be found outside of Jesus Christ. And I think that joy is something that the West, the Western church, the, not, maybe not even Western, maybe the civilized church struggles with. If you've been to a third world country, some of you have been to Haiti. I know I went to Haiti when I was young. And what I remember about the church services, what I remember about the people was joy. A joyful people who are wearing hand-me-down clothes from America. You know, like when uh, we just had the World Series and um, the Astros didn't win, but they had already printed up Astros World Series champs, a bunch of T-shirts for them. What do they do with those shirts? They send them to third world countries. You'll walk around Haiti in the next couple months and you'll see somebody wearing a 2019 Houston Astros World Series champ shirt. And you'll be like, what? Yeah. Astros didn't win the World Series. That's what ha that happened to me when I was in uh, Haiti. It wasn't, of course, it wasn't the 2019 Astros. It was the 1990, uh, probably Philadelphia Eagles or something. But, uh, sorry, that was just a joke for Larnell. Uh, <laughs> but in third world countries, they have joy. And here where we have so much more, so much more at our disposal, we struggle. Yeah. Oh, well, my, sh my shoes are nice, but they're not as nice as Marissa's. Or, or, or I wish I had that. I wish I had that. There's a, there's a meme, you'll see it on Facebook, that uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And it's kind of true, Christian. If you, as you start to compare yourselves to other people, you will lose joy. Because there's always going to be something else. When you finally get that one thing that you want, and then you find out, this still didn't make me happy. This still didn't fill that void. When they come out with the Air Jordan 9, bright red and white, and you think, oh, that's just, I've got to have that. And you get it. And you're like, oh, oh, what's coming out? What, look, then you look at the release of the next shoes coming out. Oh, but I want those too. 
There's always going to be something else. There's, I'm just talking about things we deal with in my house. I don't know what... You can think about your, your things. There's always going to be something else. And if you let things define you, if you let your possessions define your joy, you will never be happy. Why is it that... And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to criticize famous people, but why is it that famous people who seem to have everything that they've ever wanted take their life at an alarming rate? It's because they... They get everything they ever wanted, and they realize it's not what they wanted. It, did, it didn't bring them joy or happiness. I heard uh, Jim Carrey talk uh, one time, and he, when he was young, he wrote himself a check for $10 million. He couldn't cash it. But there came a day when he could cash it. And I remember that story coming out, and he talked about it. And, you know, but then you hear him talk some 15, 20 years later. And he says that I wish that everybody could have that experience to write themselves a check for $10 million and be able to cash it to realize that joy does not come from that. Joy does not come from possessions. It does not come with getting more, doing more, being more, having more. It comes in trusting yourself over to Jesus Christ, in giving your life over to Jesus Christ. That is where you will find joy. Always be joyful. It's not easy to always be joyful. I feel like I said, I feel like here we have a hard time in the West and in, in, in high civilization where we have everything, where we have running water. I thank God for running water. But sometimes I go to the sink and I'm like, that tastes kind of nasty. Or I get an email from, from the water company saying, hey, we're, we're cleaning out your, we're doing something. The water might have a scent to it or something. And I'm like, are you kidding me? When I brush my teeth, I'm going to have to... There are people carrying water on their heads for miles. And I'm complaining about... <laughs> joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Joy only comes through giving your life over to Jesus Christ. We, we waste our lives wishing we had things we didn't. And by not accepting ourselves as enough. Let me just tell you that you are who God created you to be. This is not a self-help message, but, but it's going to sound like it for just a second. You are what God wanted you to be. You, you are enough. You're enough. I look in the mirror, sometimes I see more than enough. It's a weight joke. It's not because I think I'm... Attractive. <laughs> that went wrong. You are enough. You're enough, just as you are. Yes, you have to submit yourself to God and give yourself wholly unto Him and let Him take your life and shape it and mold it. But the way that you are, you are enough for the purpose that God has created you for. You are enough for the purpose that God has given you. You are enough. Stop comparing yourselves to other people. Stop wishing you were taller or shorter or whatever. God made you the way he made you for a unique and specific design. God has a plan for your life. God has work for your life. Give yourself over to him. Find your joy and happiness in him. Amen. Another thing I want to pull out of there is never stop praying. Pastor Walker talked a couple weeks ago about praying and how it should, it should be 
Not just something, it's, it is prayer time for the closet, but it's not just something we leave in the closet. It's something that we take with us and we are constantly praying. We are always in an attitude of prayer. We are always in that communion with the Father. No matter where we are, at work, at home, at, at school, we are always communicating with the Father. And that attitude of communication. Always pray, Paul tells us. And then he says, be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in all circumstances. He doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. You know, there's a Christian song right now. And if it's your favorite song, I'm sorry, you can still love it. It's called Thankful for the Scars. And that just doesn't quite sit with me because if, if you can be thankful for the scars, then your scars aren't deep enough. I'm not thankful for the pain that I've been through. I'm not thankful for the suffering. You're not thankful for the loved ones you've lost. Be thankful in them. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all suffering. Not because of it. We're not thankful when someone passes or, or when someone's taken too soon. No. But in all circumstances, we can fi- be a people that finds thanksgiving. And that's the power of Christ in us and nothing else. Many of us, many of you face circumstances that are downright miserable and overwhelming. Finding joy and finding a way to be thankful. Uh, she's not here this morning, but um, so I'll embarrass her. Embarrass her. Uh, many of you know uh, Christy Amos. She's had many surgeries and is going through a lot of uh, treatments. And she'll, I mean, she's good about updating you on Facebook and telling you what she's going through. But she'll always say something like, I'm thankful for another day. Thankful for another uh, thankful for friends, or, and, and I'm not trying to lift anyone one up specifically. I'm just saying that in horrible circumstances, with Christ in us, we can find good. And like I said about, about uh, the three Hebrew children, God did not lead them into the fire, but he was in the fire waiting for them. And like the old Church of God man said, he's still in the fire. And he's waiting for you when you go through that fire. God's not dragging you into the fire to prove a point to you. But God will be with you when you walk through that fire. Amen. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is the will of God concerning you. Not the circumstances you're going through, but being thankful in those. That's the will of God. Be thankful in all circumstances, for being thankful in all circumstances is the will of God for you. Not because it isn't hard or painful, but because of what we're facing, Jesus has overcome already. Your circumstance, your doctor, your boss, your professors don't get the last word about you. Jesus does. Pastor Walker mentioned that already this morning. The fourth thing I want to take out of there is Paul says, encourage each other and build each other up. And I already talked a little bit about that. That's one of the reasons why we are so committed to starting these connect groups. That's why we want you to be involved. That's why we so desire 
um, for you to be involved because as we grow, we're going to need these. We're going to need to stay connected uh, to one another. And the fifth thing I want to take out of here, and I believe that this is my last real point, is where Paul says, whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. Whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. Many of us have lost someone we love, right? I heard about some, someone who passed just last night. And whether we're dead or alive, we will live with Christ forever. Paul says in Romans 8.38, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Today is, uh, uh, somebody sent me last night that today is All Saints um, Sunday where they honor those who have gone on before. And I was reading that and then in correlation with, with the scripture that Paul gives us, I started thinking about some of those who had gone on before. And I thought, uh, I was reminded, not too terribly long ago, I was, I was able to sit with a family as their loved one passed from this life to the next. And it was a very somber time, and it was a very sad time. But as I was reflecting on that last night, I was remembering that as, as he laid there, his, he was breathing and every breath became a struggle. Every single breath became a struggle. And so I, as I'm thinking about that and remembering it and the, the, the image was coming back very vividly to me, you know, uh, at the time I'm thinking, Lord, how can I be comfort? Um, Lord, how, Lord, what can I do? But, but last night I, I was thinking about the, the situation and every single breath he took was labored and was, was a struggle. And I don't know if it was the Lord, but I felt like it was the Lord said to me, with every labored breath, I was there on the cross trying to get my breath. Because when they hung Jesus on the cross, asphyxiation is what killed Jesus. He couldn't breathe. He had to push himself up to take a breath. And then yesterday I heard, I heard a tragic story of the lynching of a man named Claude Neal in Marietta, Florida in 1934. And it was brutal, the... the the, the, what was done to that man. And so as I'm along the same line, train of thought, then that comes to my mind. And I think, I thought, Lord, where were you when he was being unjustly brutalized? And again, I felt like it was the Lord. I don't know if it was the Lord. I felt like he said, I was at the whipping post 
getting my flesh torn. He said, I was there. I was there with Claude. I was there with Junior as he took his last breath. I was there. The one who walked through death and defeated death is now with us and will never leave us nor forsake us. And neither death nor life can separate us from the love of God. And He will be there with you. He will be there. If you have to walk through death, He will be there with you. I felt like He told me I was there. I was there. He will be there. Aren't you glad? That he walked through death. And it did not defeat him. He came out the other side. And so then he walks us through death. And we fear no evil. For he's with us. His rod and the staff, they comfort us. Amen. God is good. Whether we're dead or whether we're alive, we're going to live with him forever. Amen. Amen. There's coming a day. When no heartache shall come. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore. What a day. There'll be no sorrow there. No burdens to bear. No more sickness. No more pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. Glorious day that will be. There's coming a day where all wrongs will be made right. I believe that. I believe that the men that drug Claude Neal will be, will be made to pay for what they did. There will be a judgment. They will have to face what they have done. Oh, but they might have went to church on Sunday morning. They might have been in the choir. Listen, according to Jesus, it's not just about what we believe. It's how we treat others too. I will say to the ones on the left, when I was hungry, you didn't give me something to eat. He didn't say, I will say to the ones on the left, you didn't believe right. Yes, trust me, I believe that our salvation is in believing in the Son of God. John 3.16, we stand upon that. It's by faith, not by works. But when we have faith, works should follow. And it's not just about you saying a prayer in here and thinking it, it's all good. You've got to walk and live like Jesus after that. Amen? Amen. I believe there's coming a day when every injustice will be made right. Every injustice, every wrong will be made right. I don't know how God's going to do it, but it's going to happen. And I believe that those who are made to feel low will be exalted. That's what the scripture says. There's coming a day. I believe that we will all pass through the fire and that the wood and the hay and the stubble will be burned up. And only what is true will remain. Amen. Amen. That was initially, I was going to preach on that two weeks ago on the judgment of God, but still to come. I won't give it to you today. We look forward to a day when we all gather around the table.
with those who have gone on before. Think about what kind of a reunion that's going to be. That those who have passed the faith on to us and those who pass the faith on to them and those who pass the faith on to them and those who pass the faith on to them all the way back to the apostles and then finally to Jesus. And Scripture says that we will gather around the marriage supper of the Lamb and we look forward to that day. And we're going to take communion today. And as we take communion today, we're going to look forward. A lot of time when we take communion, we look back. Today, I want us the focus to be to look forward to a day that is coming when all, the, all of our sorrows, all of our pains will be taken away and we will get to see Jesus face to face. John tells us that we don't know what we're going to be like when we see him, but when we see him, we will be like him. Why? Because we will see him as he is. Lord, I want to see you as you are now. Lord, remove the scales off of my eyes now. God, let me see how you really are so that I can really follow you. You know, we got a lot of people who claim to be followers of Jesus and claim to be Christians, but they don't even know who Jesus really is. They think he's a political force or he's, he's some kind of power that they can attain and, and use over people. That is not what Jesus is. Jesus is bigger than the United States of America. I know that's hard to believe and hard to fathom for us sometimes, but we must be the chosen people. <laughs> I don't know why this came to my mind, but it's funny. I saw a video on Twitter of a guy who walked out of a restaurant and there was a guy in his car He's like, hey, you're trying to steal my car. He's like, no, I discovered this car. He's like, this is Columbus Day. I discovered this car. This is my car now. Okay, let's make a deal. <laughs> you know, we, Oscar, uh, Oscar. Walker. Their names rhyme, so give me, a, give me a break. He read that scripture that from every tribe and every nation, they will be there. Uh, I almost just said, if you're prejudiced, you need to get saved before you go to heaven. But if you're prejudiced, you won't be there. Um, <laughs> we're going to be outnumbered. I read a statistic that um, in China, since 1949, when the communists kind of took over, there were one million Christians. There are 100 million Christians today. That does not account all the people who have lived and died who were Christians. If majority rules, we're going to be speaking Chinese in heaven. Get used to it. Never been ceased to amaze by people who go to a Pentecostal church and they want all various kinds of tongues in church, but... When they go to Walmart, they just want to hear English. Heaven ain't going to be English. I don't know why I was talking about that. That's not even in my notes. What was I talking about? The marriage supper of the Lamb. Where we all gather. And to sit at the table, everybody's welcome. When we serve communion, everybody's welcome to partake of the table of the Lord. 
Jesus opened it up and served Judas, who, was about, who had already betrayed him and was about to seal it with an ungodly kiss. And Jesus washed his feet and then served him. Paul warns the Corinthians about partaking unworthily because they were judging one another when they were taking. They were acting as the world. He said, there's, uh, he said you, you let the rich eat first and then the poor have to go next. He's like, don't take communion that way. God will judge you. We don't judge one another. We, we welcome one another. We love one another. So I'm going to ask the, the worship band, maybe if they come up, I'll stop talking. Uh, if they'll come up.